Hey everyone, this is the Health Network Podcast. It's a space to connect all different health professionals to provide the best possible care for our patients. It's also a podcast to empower listeners to prevent health problems. And I'm your host, Dr. Marcus. Today, there's a lot of people who live sedentary lives. They're sitting down at the desk all day and during the lockdowns, they're not moving as much as before. Or they might have work where they're standing all day, they sore backs, there's a lot of tightness. There's also a lot of people who are really busy all the time and they don't have much quiet time, much time to reflect and be mindful. So today we have Yogi Ella Tai and she teaches adults and kids yoga and how to be mindful and she's really benefited heaps of people and I'm sure she'll have a lot of tips and she'll really benefit you today. Welcome on board. Thank you. And thanks for having me on board. And I'm always very happy to be able to share my learning, my experience with people around me. It's something that I love to do and I have a lot of passion for. And I think that like, regardless of what kind of person you are, whether you're fit or you're not, whether you study yoga or not, I think that the fact that we can come together and learn from each other is something that we can all benefit from. Yes. And so Ella, tell us a bit about your story of how you got into yoga. And I think before you said that you used to be quite tight. Yeah, that's correct. So I always love to share this part because sometimes people think that, oh, you have to be flexible in order to do yoga. Well, I kind of just proved that that's not true because how I started yoga is that I was feeling all this tightness around my body. In fact, I was feeling that throughout my whole life I just didn't do anything about it because I didn't think I could because I grow up thinking that I couldn't do a lot of things I wasn't fit I wasn't flexible and even though seeing yoga like being to a couple yoga classes I didn't really obviously didn't have a progress overnight so I just kind of didn't continue it but you know I got to a point where it was something that I just can't ignore anymore you know, the tightness is going to continue to get tight. You know, the, the discomfort is going to continue to get discomfort. We don't do anything about it. So I got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I am I think I need to focus on stretching, you know, my hamstrings because we sit down every day. We sit down when we're working. We sit down when we're driving. We sit down when we're eating. We sit down watching TV. There's a lot of sitting down. And each time, every time we sit down, our hip reflexor gets more tight. And more tight and if you don't stretch it out then that's where the discomfort's coming from and or the alignment within you know our spine just starts to all affect each other same with like being on the phone as well we're always hunching and I, I can tell when you know you're standing on the side and you can actually see in the mirror that your our, our shoulders are hunching over so much from using the phone so through doing yoga practice at home just very simple I kind of just did you know, a five, 10 minute video and it's very slow practice yin yoga. And I didn't even think I was doing yoga back then, but I just, that's how I started from being unfit, you know, not flexible. And I just started doing that at home. Yeah. Okay. Also there is like the mindfulness part of yoga. Did you find like initially with yoga, like a lot of people might be questioning it, like, Oh, it seems like quite slow or it seems painful what would you tell those people if they're a bit hesitant? For the mindfulness? Yeah, or what would, if someone thinks like yoga could be like quite slow and like painful, the stretching, then 
what would you tell them? I tell them pretty much my my story because mm. that's where I come from. Yeah. And I think through sharing that story that I've been on a similar journey, that mm. it was hard for me and through yeah. hard work and diligence, I got to where I am. It mm. gives them hope. It gives yeah. them hope that, oh, Ella used to be unfit, but she's more flexible now. It gives them so much hope and the fact that I'm always trying to guide them along the way as well. Mm. I don't just be like, yeah. hey, do some yoga and get fit like I literally give them a starting point you know I I talk them through that one-on-one and I touch base with them again a week or two weeks later I'll be like how are you feeling did you practice it and then they then they tell me their progress Mm. and I think and it's work it's always worked yeah because everyone it's not about getting a like a checklist or something but I think a lot of people need like someone to guide them step by step and give them that reassurance Mm. so that's what worked for me yeah. And then you mentioned a lot of people you yeah, might have like a tight back or tight hip flexor because they're sitting all day. Are there particular positions that you'd recommend for someone? Definitely for the hips one. I love the pigeon pose. Yeah. And that's it's quite effective. But yeah. you have to need you need a lot of patience mm. once you do that because all makes are gonna feel very, very tight on your hips. And you're not sure if you're in the right position. You're not sure if it's like you're not close, like all the way to the ground. So I recommend the pigeon pose. And there's also different variations of the pigeon pose. And uh, that's one thing I really like about yoga is that it's so accessible to anyone. Most of the poses, there are variations. And you can also use like yoga blocks, bolsters, straps, even yoga wheel to assist you in that posture so you don't feel like you can't do it but mm. you feel like each time each time you've got support and you know some of the posture you can stay in there between two or five minutes it's quite challenging but it's very effective you just have need to have patience mm. and it's good you said how you did like 10 minutes a day so just like a small amount and then by starting small then it was perhaps more like maintainable yes so that's exactly how I started. And I still do that. Yes. I know I'm after practicing like two, three years now, I'm doing the yoga for uh, the, the power flow, slow flow, but I still come back to the basics yes. because it's very effective. And sometimes I don't have one hour to do in a class. I do do the five, 10 minutes where I can as well. Yes. Okay. And so after you discovered yoga, then you did a teaching course. Yeah, it was really good. It was really very memorable. It wasn't, it was something, it was an opportunity that presented itself in life because after I was practicing yoga, a lot of the friends around me started to notice that Hmm. I was practicing and they asked me a lot of questions every time they asked me about, you know, sore back or, you know, tight hamstrings or anything that, yeah. And I, I, I didn't really know how to respond to them properly, I guess, because I wasn't a teacher, I'm mm. not in the health profession, and I was just simply learning myself. So after that, I started to be curious about yoga teachers and how long, like what is the like what are the qualifications? And it was a, a short course I was able to do outside of work. And during that process, it was very challenging for me because, 
I guess I'm quite introverted myself and I don't have much confidence. I've never had any experience in teaching, but I wanted to learn that for myself and I wanted to help people around me. So I did take that course and it was 200 hours. It was very, it was very hard because my teacher, he's very, very strict. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's teaching us, he expects us to like know what we're talking about and try a hundred percent. And if he, and he, if he feels like you didn't explain a posture properly or how to get into it, he would purposely stop you until you cue them improperly and then moves on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you can't expect people to come to your yoga class and know what a warrior two pose is. And you have to like cue them and you have to like be so clear. So yeah, it was quite hard. But perhaps that kind of style of teaching was a bit more pressure and a bit more challenging people who are starting. And so how what's your approach to teaching? Um, like I did appreciate because he had good intentions. Yeah. So even though he was very strict, he had good intentions. So I did appreciate that part. It kept me on my toes and I I actually worked so much harder than I thought I would. Mm. So I think it always comes back to that intention. And I use that experience as a tempering process. I think that whatever we learn in life that, you know, you need a bit of challenge, a little bit of hardship to be able to temper yourself. And that's what I I got a lot out of and through my style I would be like a little bit like I'm more obviously more encouraging Mm. I'm trying to be more gentle and more hopeful but I think a little bit of challenge is is good for us yeah yeah Yeah. okay and so what different styles of yoga are there um, there are there are various out there. Nothing. It just keeps on evolving. To be honest, <laughs> people just make up as you go. I generally practice the Yin Yoga, yeah, which is a floor based meditation yoga. So there's no flow to it, mm-hmm. and you're holding the posture anything between two or five minutes. Or like there's a lot of silence and empty space in the room, which is good in a way because you just need to you have to focus mm. and you can't let your mind wander off I guess too much which we always do yeah I know like attending the classes back then it was like oh what am I doing what's doing after class or what am I what are we eating for dinner and the mind just drifts off and you have to constantly like be aware of that and then bring it back to the focus in the present moment mm. so Yin yoga is slow, that you're not constantly moving so much, but it's challenging in the mindset. I also teach slow flow. So slow flow is a step up from yin yoga. So you're moving quite obviously slow, but there is a flow to it. And even though it's going slow, it is challenging the way because you've got to hold Again, you're holding that posture for a bit long, but the vinyasa power flow. So mm. it's very similar to, it's one breath per movement and that's just flowing like boom, 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 boom. So I teach them three. <laughs> Good. And yeah, with the yin yoga, it sounds like a bit of a mindfulness sort of one. And what is mindfulness? So mindfulness 
comes, I guess it comes in different de- um, definitions, but I like to mm-hmm. see it as having awareness. Mm-hmm. No matter what we say or do in our daily life, we, we should be aware aware of what we're saying. Yeah. Because what we say to people has an effect on them, on the receiving end. There's also awareness like are we being aware in the present moment? You know, or am I just having a conversation with you but my mind is thinking about, you know, what am I doing tomorrow? Mm. Because we're yeah. all very good at multitasking. It's like kind of like something that we tend to do. And multitasking is is good in many ways, but you need to come back to yourself and I think having that awareness and it's just like resetting and coming back to yourself is something that we all need to because otherwise our mind just keeps on going, 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 going. In the end, you could be, I don't know, doing things, but you're not in that present moment. Mm. So it comes back to like we we do a lot of breath control, like pranayama Mm. in yoga as well because when we focus on our breath, it brings you back into the present moment. Mm. Yeah, It's really tricky with the mind because we're like, no, 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 I'm in the present moment, but it's very tricky. The mind would always think about either the past or mm. the future. So you're constantly trying to bring them back into the present moment. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people today who are always like busy, always on their phones, and then they don't have much quiet time to focus on their breath or focus on what they're feeling. So yeah, I think that it's really good to do yoga and have that mindfulness. I do see a lot of patients who they want to like reduce sugar or they want to stop smoking or they want to do all these things but often they might not have the mindfulness or the awareness and so then they might when they're like hungry or when they're stressed they might eat some sugar and then after they might regret it so I think that is really important mindfulness also in terms of having like good healthy habits and like living living the life that you want to live rather than just being controlled by these emotions yeah yeah i mean there's even mindfulness in when we're having our meal Mm. like we had a whole session of that when i was doing the yoga teaching he was like how often do you eat a meal sometime and you're not focused on like the the flavors or who cooked Mm. the meal Mm. um because you're you're in the rush and Mm. like that made me us think a lot and he made us to like focus on like even when you're having the meal like you know, who cooked that meal for you, mm. you know, and, you know, what are the flavours? Like, are you actually, like, in the present moment when you have that meal? So that was, like, another thing. Yeah, also how does the yoga benefit others? And I think um, your boss, you've helped your boss tell us about Yes. That. Yeah, so I've been teaching yoga um, obviously at work. Mm-hmm. as well during lunchtime when I was doing my teacher training because my colleagues started to know and I'm always carrying around the yoga mat so they wanted me to like teach them at lunchtime which was really good because they're all very busy people so I, so my boss was mm-hmm. you know he sat quite next to me I'm always bumping into him and he's always very like proud of me like he has the biggest smile he's like oh Ella mm-hmm. you're doing your he calls it Pilates but like always correct him like Dave it's yoga <laughs> It's like, oh, so they're all aware of it that I did it, but he didn't think he he's like, oh yeah, I'll try it one day, I'll try it one day, you know. Um, but he never did. And then during COVID, it was very sad that he actually had a heart attack. Um, but you mm. know, 
lucky he's still with us. And it was very shocking because he's quite a fit person. He does a lot of cycling. Um, so he's quite active. He, so having gone through this experience, I think as most of us would, is like you have, you know, a few seconds, the last few seconds, like what do you, what came to your mind? Like what is the meaning of life? So after that, his doctor actually recommending, he's like, you know, after this incident, you need to just pull back and just, and just relax and maybe try a bit of yoga. And he was like, oh, yoga. And he thought of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then so when I was talking to him, I'm like, oh, Dave, you know, you know, I'm always happy to teach, but he lives on the other side of town. At that time, I've just finished writing my yoga book as well. And I was sharing it with everyone around me. It's like a photo tutorial, super easy. So I sent him a book and he was very grateful for it. And, you know, he was very, I think he was very disciplined to himself from the very beginning. And he was always reaching out to me quite often saying like, Allah, I just did your morning yoga, you know, and, and I actually invited my wife as well. And he took a photo and sent it to me. And I was like, really, really touched. And then even every few weeks, he would always, I would get a message from my phone saying like, oh, we just did another morning yoga. It's so good. You know, after six months, he's like, I know your book off by heart now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you are so cute. And I'm just really proud of him because to have that self-discipline, to do that every day for six months, like that is strength. That is so much discipline in you that I and that's kind of what makes or break anyone. Yeah. You know, we can all start something, but can we continue it? Like that's probably the difference. And I'm just so proud of him. And he's told me that like it's improved his health so much. You know, he never knew what mindfulness or slowing down was because he's a branch manager. Mm. He's always in meetings. Everyone wants to talk to him. Mm. But it did give him that time to you know, self-reflect, self-contemplate. And that's the beautiful thing about yoga is that like, you know, you've got time and the space in your practice. You're slowing down, you're appreciating things and um, I think that's, yeah, has helped him a lot. Mm. So do you think that with the heart attack, that it might have been related to stress and like the really busy sort of constant lifestyle and then, by doing yoga he was able to like slow down and get relaxed more and then focus more on his health yes definitely especially because this happened during covid lockdown i think mm. everyone mm. can feel that stress that around like you know the uncertainty and when yeah. I, I know this because i have this conversation with him quite often i love to talk to my students because mm. it's like you have to know about them and their life mm so that you know how to like help them and everything. So when we have these conversations, you know, he's very stressed about the whole pandemic and, you know, all these different opinions and it does stress him out, you know, stresses out about his, how his son reacts to like, I don't know, everything. So I think yoga kind of takes your mind off that stress and brings you into a very a sacred, a very comfortable place mm. where you know, you, you are just being peaceful. Yeah. Okay, cool. And also, I think um, one of your sisters, you helped? My sisters, yes. I've got three sisters. Even though yeah. we're sisters, we're, we're quite different in personalities. 
and what we like and dislike since we we're quite young. And mm-hmm. I tend to be the black sheep of the family, not that I want to. And, you know, I'm very active. I've been teaching yoga for about three years now. And, you know, I did ask them a few times, like, hey, did you want me to teach you yoga? It's very simple and stuff. And their immediate response is, nope, nope, not interested. You know, they're just really mm-hmm. much their iPads. And and that's that's fine. I just thought I'll ask. Um, and then one day I received a text message from her and it, and it was like questions she's never asked me before. <laughs> and she was like, hi, when I get home later, can we do some yoga? And I'm like, who is this? Like my sister asking me this, like she would never. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. We can do it. But I was a bit like worried because I'm like, why is she asking me this? I never thought she would ask me. So when she came home, I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, I've just been getting really bad knee pains and back pains and, like, I just feel really tight. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do some yoga, but, you know, you're going to have to, like, want to do it. I can't force you and we're going to do it together, you know. And I took her through that journey. We do it, you know, we do it together. And I think it's very beautiful that, like, I'm able to help my sister. You know, I help so many people around me, but to be able to help a family member, like that's just really special in my heart. And I love, again, I love to guide people. I love to teach beginners because beginners have like no expectations. They're Mm -hmm. like a blank canvas. Whatever you tell them to do, they do it. And they do it like willingly and 100% to the best of their ability. Yeah. And it's just one of the rewards that I that I get for being a teacher. <laughs> and then how is your sister after you taught her the moves? She, you know what? She she felt so much better immediately. Yeah. yeah. And so we kept on practicing it. Maybe and after I, a month or after a few weeks? How long did no, it? Yeah. No, like she, she did feel like the release, the tension straight away. But when we practice every week, she started to feel uh, more. Because every time I'm like, do you want to do some yoga? She'd be like, okay. Like she just kind of like accepted that, whereas mm. back then she'd be like, nah. Yeah. Okay. And also it's really cool that you've been teaching kids as well. And I think it would also be a really big challenge because often kids, they don't, they like to be busy a lot of the time and they like to be stimulated and doing like exciting things, but it might be difficult to get them to like sit still and to do yoga, but it would be really cool if you can. So how do you teach kids and how do you, manage that oh it's it was very challenging teaching kids yoga is completely different to adults in many ways mm-hmm. like the adults you're teaching them about the alignment and posture you have to get that correct regardless whereas mm-hmm. kids it's not about the alignment and posture so we can be very very creative with our posture so if we're doing a tree pose you know i get them to like open the hands out where I create these funky like branches of the tree and then I'll make it challenging for them. I'm like, you know, there's a sandstorm coming. Maybe you can wave your branches. And then I'm like, and then like, oh, and so waving it like this and they're trying so hard not to fall. And they really do. Like when I teach kids, when I tell them to do a, a boat pose or anything, like they actually put in so much effort to do it. They don't care that they look silly. Mm. They don't compare themselves with anyone else. They're quite focused in that area. Yeah. So teaching them has been very fun and it was a, it gave me a different perspective as well mm. that I learned from. Even though they don't have, like, a great attention span like adults, 
but their focus level is quite mm. high yeah. within that time frame. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how does it benefit the kids? I think with the kids, definitely it's all about planting a seed mm-hmm. within them at an earlier age. Yes. And through mentoring them and guiding them, we're hoping to nurture them step by step as they progress through adulthood. Mm. So even though they may not aware, uh, be aware, like doing the posture properly or they may not be aware of what mindfulness is, mm. to some extent it does benefit them because at a young age they're quite simple. Mm. They're very innocent and it is the best time to create more love and light and hope in them at a younger age that they can remember or resonate with or they may come back to. You, you never know with kids but... Hmm. It's easier to um, to work with them at a younger age rather than at a later age when they've already got a lot of like perceptions, a lot of their opinions. Yeah, as we know as adults. So okay, yeah, and I have spoken to a social worker on a previous episode, and she works a lot with kids. And yeah, I think there are many kids who can go through really stressful times and like crises, and it can get like quite serious. And yeah, it'd be really cool to be able to teach kids at a really young age to have these techniques if they're going through like a lot of stress to be able to have some mindfulness and also, yeah, to try and prevent a lot of back problems and tightness. That's right. Because I think even the kids like these days, you know, they're always in front of their laptops now as well. Whereas Mm. I think back in my my days like we didn't really have that so the increased amount of using laptops and phones at a younger age you know would also would start to creep up on them with the tightness as well yeah and also I think you've mentioned that there's been um teachers at schools who have enjoyed the yoga and and your like books yes that's right I you know I didn't do much advertisement when it comes to like my book or the yoga teaching it's all mainly word of mouth and it was either like a friend's friend who's a teacher been getting a lot of those inquiries and some of them have actually got my book and brought it into the classroom and because I wrote that book in a very simple way they were able to like read the book and then take what I had you know the steps the three easy steps and actually teach the kids and one of them was was my boss actually because after he found that it was very very beneficial with the book he well he ordered another five and he mentioned that because all his friends wanted it they're like oh they're like oh it's great well we want it too so he was like oh Alec can you send me a few more I'm like yeah all right and then he mentioned one of them was a kindergarten teacher and I said oh well you know what I've got a kids one too so would you like that he's like oh if you don't mind so I sent it to them and again he reached out to me and said oh Christina really likes your book and you know she really wants to thank you she uses it every day with her kids and I found out that the kids like some of them have a bit of like disability or something like that like and she was able to teach them and apparently they all were very receptive to it and to me I thought you know what that's just that's fantastic I think anything that can help anyone practically to improve their life is just something that yeah it's it's good to share yeah Mm. Yeah. and also with your books so you've got books for adults as well 
I only have one book for adults. Oh, yes. It's yeah. mainly yin yoga um, photo tutorials. And through teaching my colleagues one year of teaching them, I realized what kind of, kind of like what my audience was. Mm. And I realized that the audience was very ordinary, simple people who are very busy with their life because most of the time they're parents and they don't have much time for themselves. Hmm. But they do want to practice yoga. They do want to get fit, but it's so hard for them to find time to themselves. And I, the, I'm surrounded by parents and that's mainly what their problem is. So I, I thought, you know what, how can I help? How can I help them in a way I can't, again, I can't be everywhere teaching them like different mm. timing and everything. And I do want people to be self-efficient mm. because you, you need to be able to help yourself and then you can help other people as well. So that gave me a lot of inspiration and direction to write this book. So I wrote it in a very simple way that that, that can take and do that every day. And mm. yeah, that's how my book came about. And I'm, I'm very... Like I'm very happy, very grateful for that experience because if I haven't taught them for one year and I just, let's say I wrote a book, mm. like, well, who is that book catered for? We can all write a book thinking that we want to influence and help many people, but again, it needs to resonate with your audience. So through teaching that one year, I learned a lot about them and I learned a lot about myself. So writing that book kind of, I felt like I was guided through it like step by step and yeah mm. it's not as I wouldn't say it's like the same book as what's already out there I know there's a lot of books out there that talks about the yoga sutras and the philosophy in a very profound way and and I think that's really good but I like to target again ordinary people like you and I to make a, a starting point in your life because mm. everything can sound great on a piece of paper but you know are we able to do that actually do it are we able to take the first step and i think that's the most important part in any learning yeah with yoga the stretching and the mindfulness it can be really beneficial and i think there are a lot of people who are very tired or might be busy all the time and then they can benefit the most so it's good that you're making it really approachable for those people it's not just for super flexible people yoga no, yeah, that's right. I think I try to get that um, mindset off many people. I, I want to encourage people to mm. practice yoga. So no, you don't have to be flexible. And uh, we're all busy people, like you said, but, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day regardless of what, what kind of person we are. So even sometimes during the workplace, like colleagues would like, if they see me at the, I don't know, the fact fax machine I was gonna say the printer machine or the uh, kitchen, they'll be like, hey, hey, Ella, just like grabbing me by like, it's like, you know, show me like a quick um, open chest, like yoga posture. Like I'm feeling super tight here. So mm. I literally just show them and initially it kind of felt, you know, I'm like, is everyone watching me? But now like, oh, it's normal. Yeah, cool. You know, everyone likes to want to do yoga. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And if people have like tightness in particular areas, then we can, in the show notes, have um, some certain tight spots and then we could have some like stretches and yoga positions to help. So then, yeah, that, that can be some good take-homes. And also, yeah, what do you think 
about the future of health? Do you think like yoga could be like an important part of health and maybe more doctors would be referring patients to do some yoga, give it a go? Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing more yoga popping up in, I don't know, workplaces, in events, in workshops. There's just, it's actually becoming such a high demand because it's quite versatile. You, you can take it anywhere, literally go anywhere up in the mountains. You could be in a yoga studio, especially when you're traveling. I noticed that when I was traveling a lot back then, sitting on the plane for like, you know, what, 10, 12 hours, you just, really need to do a really good stretch so i think the health in terms of the health industry it's a booming industry and i think that more people need to know more about mindfulness and having that awareness because that's what makes us like make the world a better place it's the people it's the you know the the better version of us and i think that if we can continue to lead by example and put into practice that you know we we can all make a difference Yeah, I personally have had a lot of um, like lower back pain and being really tight and sitting a lot of the day, which isn't too good. And yeah, I've also been guilty of being like really busy all the time and stressed and then eating sugar. And yeah, I've I have done more like mindfulness things, and I've done a bit of yoga. There's also been yoga in the park, and um, I really enjoy that, like with nature. And I found that. Although initially it can be like daunting having really long pauses and quiet time when your mind's really busy after a while, then it's something that I enjoy because you gain more awareness of your mind. And then I can think like, oh, I'm like craving something sweet because I'm stressed. And then I can change and then I can grab for something healthy or like go for a walk or do like a healthy habit. And so I think it's, a lot of people know what they need to do to be healthy, but a lot of people, including me, have sometimes don't have the mindfulness and the awareness. So, yeah, I really enjoy yoga and, yeah, it's really cool. And it's really good, really amazing what you're doing, Ella. With- oh, thank you. Oh, well, I enjoy listening to your experience because I think everyone's experience is very unique in their own way and how they, you know, what they went through to find that awareness or that appreciation in life is something that I encourage everyone to share more. I don't like in yoga, we're not all the same. We're actually quite, we're in this journey together, but within that journey, you, you know, you go through your individual experience together that, that helps, that transforms you. So I think it's good that, you know, you're also doing that and doing it at the park is, is beautiful. I, I've taught friends at the park and they all love it. Yeah. There's something about being out in nature that, you know, just makes everything very tranquil. <laughs> yes. Great. Thank you so much, Ella. Oh, you're welcome. I hope I was able to help, you know, share my experience and help others along the way too. But yeah, it is a, it's a forever learning experience that we're going through Mm. and we all need to be there to support each other to, you know, to not, to not have that judgment and to, yeah, just generally be there. Listen, listen to each other. Like all these little things are, little aspects of mindfulness that we can practice every day Mm. and as as long as we have the willingness to do it we should feel like we're more awakened every day and that we are transforming ourselves Mm. yeah once time (laughs) yes 
it's really exciting also how your the yoga teaching and the books the kids books are taking off at schools and I'm sure there might be many teachers listening who'd be keen to do some of the yoga and I'm sure that would probably help with kids um being better behaved and easier (laughs) for the teachers too yeah hopefully you know I think being able to introduce that in schools will be a really good change because I don't think many schools were teaching mindfulness this is what Mm. I heard from a lot of my the teachers and they're starting to incorporate that so it is a change that's coming through and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what the results is and yeah so if if you need a copy of my book it's Lantern Yoga and I sell that online great exciting we'll have a link to the book in the yes so you can click on it yep check it out thank you so much Ella Thanks, Marcus. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and to keep up to date with the latest, follow the Health Network podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please consider leaving us a review and share if you know someone that could benefit from this. Let's unite health professionals and prevent health problems. 